0: NDE Podcast, item number 364, November 18th, 2021, the NDE of Zume.
1: Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side, and the music album Home both of which can be found on our website. Now, before we get started, I want to uh, just mention something briefly. Uh, John and I talked recently on the phone and and we're talking about ideas and different ways of doing things and so forth. Uh, for the most part, it's the podcast isn't changing in any big way. Uh, we do hope to make it available in some places it hasn't been available or more widely available anyway. Um, Among the things that we discussed was that instead of my doing an outro, um, which is when I'm saying, you know, if you'd like to contact me, if you'd like to contact John and so forth, all that stuff, instead of me doing that, we'll have him do that. Since he's doing the intro anyway and does it very well, then uh, we'll go ahead and have him do the outro from now on so he'll do that intro he'll do the outro and i will do the discussion in the middle and of course just the brief welcome that i usually start with so today we're going to share the experience of Zume from enderf.org now she doesn't say here where exactly she's from which is a little too bad because it is nice to get uh, experiences from all over the world Um, in order to get a well-rounded aspect to, you know, our, what we're learning about near-death experiences. I can't say whether this is from elsewhere or not. Um, There are hints that may suggest that it is not the United States, uh, but it, it doesn't really matter. The content is what's really important. Anyway, so let's get started. Zume says, I was raised under the influence of my father, who was strict and authoritarian since childhood, so my mind was deep-rooted on Marxism theory. Also, I was an active member in Communist Party in college. When I started working, I was ambitiously longing to become a successor of the party in both socialist-minded and professionally competent. Hence, I disliked idealism, having no attachment with any religions or superstitions. Nevertheless, incredible things happened to me, especially since I was a die-hard atheist. The illness might have been initiated due to several cold and hard winters. On top of this, I was a workaholic. Each year, my chronic coughs always began in autumn and continued to winter and then lingered until the end of spring and lasted to the beginning of summer one autumn of that particular year, my prolonged coughing ailment broke out again. I went to a local clinic every day to have an antibiotic intravenous treatment IV, as I usually did before. I arrived at the clinic around 8 p.m. The doctor told me that a specific lot of penicillin that was used on me two days ago was given to treat a child just recently. Then I needed to use a new lot, so they did a skin test on me first. There was a positive result on my wrist with a big two-cent size, bulging redness on my skin that spread like pseudopodia. I hesitated a few minutes before asking the doctor, is it okay to have a reaction like this? The doctor pondered a while, then replied, It's a false positive due to a new LUT we used on you. It should be all right as you have been treated with penicillin a couple days ago. However, to prevent me from having an anaphylaxis shock, he gave me a Pennergan shot. Additionally, he injected dexamethasone, dexamethasone into my IV drip. I felt confident and relaxed afterwards. I then walked into patient ward and was lying down on a bed. A nurse hooked me up with an IV and then left to the other patients. Shortly after, there was a train-like screeching, tinnitus sound. Suddenly, I fell into a dark tunnel and was charging forward. I felt tremendously apprehensive, thinking to myself, What is wrong with me? I'm fine just now, but how come everything changed? I wanted to stop and go back, but I was moving uncontrollably forward and could not head back. I screamed frantically, yet I was mute. I attempted to struggle through, but still my effort was futile. I perceived myself as a speck hurling in an eternal circular pathway. Although my flesh lay in the physical world, I, my soul, entered into a dimension with a barrier that separated me and my spirit. Clearly, I realized that it was not a dream. Instead, there was something wrong with the IV drip. I had an allergic reaction to penicillin. I underwent panic, felt frightened, vulnerable, and despaired while floating in this endless tunnel. I knew obviously my body would still lay on the bed, but I could not go back to it anymore. Is this death? I contemplated. If it is, why am I very clear-headed? I did not disappear, but rather I was isolated from the physical world. I felt no pain. I was hovering like a feather and feeling very cozy. To explain exactly what I felt as something in the unseen world, it seemed like there was a stream of beings guiding me. They affirmed my answers, clarified my confusions, and comforted my bewildered heart. I did not know how to describe the stream of beings. They were silent and amorphic, yet full of kindness, brightness, compassion, and amiability. They answered all my questions. It felt I was being led and enveloped by a spring sunshine. I understood there were beings in a much higher level than me and in the spiritual realm. I called them prophet, the wisdom who communicated to me telepathically, revealing the true colors of the universe, purpose of life, and opened the door of death so that I could have a glimpse of the other dimension. Instantaneously, I was no longer in the lengthy dark tunnel. Alternatively, I was in a bright, warm, and pure world. I was completely relieved, no more agonies, but instead replaced with eternal peace and bliss. My spirit asked one question after another regarding the true colors of the universe and about life and death. Wherever my conscious went, He unfolded the answers before my eyes. This world was made up of particles, then microparticles accumulated. It formed a world with thousands of collective representations, meaning specific images. For example, as to many people, the tree in front of a house is only a tree, while in this realm, it is a stacked heap of tree-shaped molecules that are drifting and cycling forever. I did see the piles of molecules flowing and surrounding this phenomenal world. While my physical body still lay in the bed, while given an IV drop, my consciousness was free at will to watch trees outside the clinic. Am I a particle too? Yes. Human body is built with innumerable particles. They circulate, metabolize, exchange, and etc. As being all part of the movements, as for you, my spirit to be exact, you are part of the molecules who are recycling among them. Therefore, particles cluster, mobile, recycle, flow to somewhere and then assemble to another physique. So this phenomenon keeps recurring. There's no life or death. It is infinite in the essence of the world, commonly known as death, which is actually a continuation on to the next phase of life. At this state, you are in now. Your mind, your soul is existing and thinking obviously, but you are separated from the physical world without communication. It is like a glass door partition between you and the world. You can see everything of the physical world. However, people on the other side can't feel your existence. Being unable to communicate the situation you are in and your loved ones have no means to understand it Thus I know, as for death, since people you loved don't understand what death truly is, so they feel sorrow for the deceased. At this moment I became worried if my parents knew I had died, then they would be very miserable. In addition to my child, who was too young to be independent, all these worries are flashing in my mind. As our flesh is like a tv set our consciousness is like tv programs it is perhaps when a tv set is aged to break down then all signals become vanished human's body is an aggregation of particulate matter that becomes a carrier whether the carrier is a particulate matter or in a form of energy it never disappears at this moment I was in a confused situation where my conscious and flesh were detached but still in a connected state. I felt there are several different dimensions coexisted. While my conscious stayed in another realm, I was telepathized with prophets and the wise whom revealed the true colors of the universe to me. At the same time, I was keen to everything in this dimension, clearly knowing things were around me owing to the fast velocity around here. Sounds were transmitted to ears in a slow and time-delay fashion. While on earth, an old couple came to the clinic to see a doctor. When they walked by the patient ward I was in, they saw I was alone and asleep with an IV. They commented, Look, this poor lady has a child to take care of. People hustled in and out of the clinic, accompanied by unceasing, muffled, unceasingly muffled noises. I even saw right through the wall with two coat hangers dangling in a closet. At once, my pager rang three times. The nurse came and asked if I wanted to answer. One of them was from the band musician who wanted to talk about our performance. The other two were from my date's i was directed by i was directed my somewhere unfamiliar body to nod my head sluggishly in my near-death experience i considered money love and passions would never be important to me anymore i became clairvoyant knowing what the doctor would tell the patients outside of my room when they described their symptoms to the doctor even before he opened his mouth to talk Consequently, they were all verified as what I had perceived beforehand. I was suspended above my body to dictate it, my flesh, to take a deep, long breath so as to speak, to show a movement of being alive. Later, the doctor told me that he could not understand why I was taking Cheney Stode's breathing, which was different than the normal respiration as when I was unconscious. When the doctor came to examine me, my afloat soul commanded my body to wink, to bring his attention. I, my body, clung to his hand, for he would be the only person who could bring me back to my parents, child, and unfinished missions, Instantly, my spirit plunged down abruptly, feeling my head spinning. Finally, I emerged into my body. When I opened my eyes to sit up, I began vomiting nonstop. Totally, I puked pickle-like dark fluid that was half full in a wash basin, and then my whole body felt empty. The doctor was astonished. How come your small stomach held this much stuff? It must have been a ritual cleanse. The doctor had made every effort to rescue me. When I told him about what I had been through in the last four hours, he was silent and listened to me before his face turned pale. I thought he was very terrified after hearing my experience. He stayed in my room to accompany me for the whole night. I have no intention to blame my doctor at all. I had a chance to experience a near-death experience because of his mistakes. So I had an insight of the earth and the other realm. Being intimidated by and my fear of death had diminished as my near-death experience had completely changed my perspectives toward the meaning of life and the ethics of the entire world. And that is the end of Zume's account. And wow, there's a lot of things to, that I find interesting in here. And I don't want to comb through everything just for the sake of having time to um, focus on the things that, that kind of really get my attention here. First off, as she is floating in this tunnel, this endless tunnel... She says, it seemed like there was a stream of beings guiding me. They affirmed my answers, clarified my confusions, and comforted my bewildered heart. A stream of beings. She even says, I did not know how to describe the stream of beings. They were silent and amorphic. That sounds like they didn't have shape. Yet full of kindness, brightness, compassion, and amiability they answered all of my questions it felt i was being led and enveloped by spring sunshine i understood they were beings in a much higher level than me and in the spiritual realm and she comes up with the name for them prophet she calls them prophet and the wisdom that was communicated to her telepath was communicated telepathically so there's this stream of beings who she senses as being in a much higher level, a much higher spiritual realm than she is in, yet they are able to communicate with her and she is able to feel their presence as if they are right there or as if she is right there with them. And this ne- next paragraph has begins a strange and interesting discussion that I think we can have. She says, instantaneously, I was no longer in the lengthy dark tunnel. Alternatively, I was in a bright, warm, and pure world. So she's in this other landscape. She says, I was completely relieved, no more agonies, but instead replaced with eternal peace and bliss. My spirit asked one question after another regarding the true colors of the universe about life and death. She brings up this idea of true colors of the universe regularly or or many times. It makes me think that she is probably seeing unique and new colors physically, well, spiritually, but but she's seeing these new colors. But it's as if these new colors are, are symbolic of the fact that What's really going on in the universe, the true colors of the universe, the true nature of the universe is hidden from us just as these other colors are. And so she says that she, as she's asking these questions regarding the true colors of the universe and about life and death, wherever her consciousness went, it says, he unfolded the answers before my eyes. Now, I don't know when they the prophet or this, this stream of beings becomes he because it doesn't say anything about he or she prior to this, but more like they or them. And then all of a sudden she's saying he. Um, I'm not sure if this is because there is one specific one that becomes like the lead guide or if that's the particular one at that moment or or if she just doesn't know how else to to pronoun this, this stream of beings, except to just say, say he, I'm not sure, but she goes on and says, this world, okay, let me start that sentence, wherever my conscious went, he unfolded the answers before my eyes. This world was made up of particles. Now, I'm not clear if she's talking about this world she's in or this world that we are now in. But she does go on to say, when microparticles accumulated, it formed a world with thousands of collective representations, meaning specific images. Okay, let's dissect that for a second. When microparticles accumulated... Now, what are microparticles? I don't know. It could be atoms. It could be molecules. It could be something smaller, deeper. Are we getting into you know, dark matter and, and, uh, quantum physics. I don't know, but, uh, but she does say that they are a, that they are partic, uh, particles that are, that come together to, um, make the thing that is her body or that is the world or whatever. As she goes on to describe a tree, same idea. But she describes the world as being made up of particles. And then she says, When microparticles accumulated, it formed a world with thousands of collective representations, meaning specific images. Now, when she describes images, she's used that word twice now. Um, I don't think she means images as in pictures. I I could be wrong. Maybe she does, but... uh, I'm kind of pictures, picturing images, meaning um, types or or imprints of the thing. Think of a a computer image, uh, meaning a uh, you know if you're if you're copying an image of the computer, it means that you're that you are um, copying everything that that computer is. And then you can put it onto another computer and make that computer basically a clone of the first, but with all the benefits of the new computer as well. So it could be that she's referring to images as in um, these specific images, these types or, or representations or sort of like clones of the thing being referred to, possibly. Anyway, she says, for example, as to many people... The tree in front of a house is only a tree. While in this realm, it is a stacked heap of tree-shaped molecules. So again, that image, the, the clone, the small clone of the tree, so, so to speak. is a stacked heap of tree-shaped molecules that are drifting and cycling forever. So there's, there's been theories around uh, physical particle idea that when you move your hand back and forth, it's not that it is actually moving, but rather particles are reshaping and and reforming in order to create a new hand in that position. Now, obviously in the physical world, it's not quite like that. But it is like, you know, you think about all the molecules that make up your hand And while there may be molecules in the center of your hand that as you wave it, they are certainly staying with the hand, moving back and forth, yet if we were to look at that hand, any portion of it at the microscopic level, the micro-microscopic level, you would see that it is a bunch of moving molecules, moving cells, moving uh, particles, and those particles are moving where the hand directs it and and so forth and maybe that's what is being seen here is this is this entirety of the tree being being all these particles in one and in the spirit form those are discernible in this physical world we see them as a solid mass but that seems to be um, it seems to be that you can see or that uh, Zume is seeing them as separate particles as well. She says, I did see pile, the piles of molecules flowing and surrounding this phenomenal world. So she sees this, the world in this flowing molecular way. She says, While my physical body still lay in bed while giving an IV drip, My consciousness was free at will to watch the trees outside the clinic. So she is in both this other place as well as there in the hospital. And she says, am I a particle too? Yes, human body. And this seems to be because it's in a a small quote. Actually, it's not a a small quote. It's a big quote. And I think she's quoting... This being or group of beings, this uh, stream of beings who say, yes, human body is built with innumerable particles. They circulate, metabolize, exchange, etc. as being all part of the movements. As for you, my spirit, to be exact, she puts in parentheses, you are part of the molecules who are recycling among them. Now, I'm going to pause for a second there. You are part of the molecules who are recycling among them. Among them who? Them, the innumerable particles that are making up your human body. Again, if I'm understanding this right, the body is not some evil, dark thing that our spirits inhabit for a while, but they are part of us in some way, deep, molecular, spiritual way. Our bodies are really important Now, they're not essential to our existence in the sense that, you know, we're not going to take them with us to the other side. No, but there is something about them that we are deeply connected to, bonded with, in an almost familial sort of way. And, you know, which should motivate us to take good care of our bodies as best we can. Now, again, our bodies are imperfect. They are part of this mortal, broken world that we're in. But they, just as the physical is circulating and metabolizing and exchanging with our spirit as part of that in some way, according to what Mu- Zume seems to be saying, that makes me think that we should appreciate our bodies while we have them. There's something really deep and meaningful about them. And I like the analogy that Zume gives that our our flesh is like a tv set and our consciousness is like the tv programs think of an old tv where where you know when you get the snow in the background that i they used to call it where it's just and it just had no signal there was no it it was not receiving anything at the time our our dispirited body or our unembodied spirit (laughs) i guess you would say is like that TV program that can't penetrate, can't get in there. The TV is stuck on this snow because there's no reception. The spirit, which is not a physical thing, is like that non-physical signal that provides life to the TV, that provides the stories, the experience that is a television. And while everything, if you were to chop that TV to bits, you will never find, you know, the show that you were watching. It's not in there. Not because it left, but because the body was simply a receiver for that show. I'm mixing the metaphor and the... (laughs) And so I hope that's not confusing, but but I, I like that analogy that we're that our body is like a TV set, and our spirit is like the program. It's where the whole purpose of that body. It's it's where that purpose comes from, and yet it is not physical. It's not in a physical state. She says. Whether the carrier is a particulate matter or in a form of energy, it never disappears. It never disappears. It is always there. You can't kill consciousness. There are people who describe sleeping in the spirit world, and at those times, they are quiet enough that it's like sleep. I mean, their their consciousness is fully subconscious <laughs> and this is uncommon but so there does seem to be the capacity to go into a silent mode of sorts but the but the consciousness does not go away and in fact it's fairly uncommon for even a spirit to sleep so to speak at least from the experiences i've read it's it's fairly uncommon Either way, the spirit is still alive, still exists. It is not, it doesn't disappear at any point, And it can't. And just shortly after this, Zume awakes and has several ways to be able to um, validate her her experience and to convince herself this was no dream. This was not made up. And, and at the time that she's experiencing it, it was so real that she wouldn't have doubted at the time but when people come back into their body and everything's broken and confusing and and spin the world is spinning of course they're thinking well was that real is that but she had several things to validate that experience conversations uh, what she had seen herself do her body do and, and all that it very interesting but one thing that she says is that her fear and her intimidation toward death has diminished. And her near-death experience completely changed her perspectives toward the meaning of life and the ethics of the entire world. Now that itself is very interesting. What are the ethics of the entire world? What are What is our view of the meaning of life, of the meaning of this planet, Of of mortality as it is, And how can we see it differently by looking at it through the eyes of someone who has been on the other side? You know, Zume's experience makes me even more curious about about quantum physics and and, uh, string theory and and all of that energy and, and, and matter. And I find myself the more I read about things, be it science, be it history, be it ecology, whatever topics I'm studying, I keep finding things that reflect back on these things that we're learning, these these spiritual principles, these spiritual uh, facts that we seem to get out of near-death experiences and spiritual experiences of all kinds. The, and consciousness, and, and all of that, the, you know, it's like, whoa, I'm hearing this over here on this topic, and that reflects what I'm learning about here, and it makes me want to learn more, and learn more, and learn more, and I think there's part of us, that spiritual part of us, our spirit has this urge, this hunger to learn, and maybe that's why. Maybe it's because in every subject, there are pieces of the answers. And while some things at some times seem to be totally unrelated to any of this that we're talking about, later we often find out they actually very much are related. The whole E equals MC squared thing seems like a mathematical slash maybe astronomical kind of a thing. It turns out to be very strongly related to the spirit realm, or perhaps the, the gap between the mortal world and the spirit world. There's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something there in the way that, that creatures react with each other, interact with each other on the earth. The ecosystem that we live in, whether in our homes or or even more in nature, the way trees interact with the insects and fungus and the sky and weather patterns and climate, all of this reflects this oneness that is so prevalent in near-death experiences that it's almost like science is starting to discover these interactions that near-death experiencers have been trying to say all along. They're obviously, you know, explaining them from the other side. They're coming from the scientific side and coming into this view that's like, whoa, everything is really interconnected. And in a sense, everything is the same thing. It's all kind of one. And, you know, near-death experiences are saying, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you, (laughs) you know. But whatever topic it is that you're interested in, I think you'll find... Interesting aspects of it now that you've been studying near-death experiences. So, whatever your curiosity is, seek it out. And I would love to hear from you and hear from what kind of of interactions you found between different topics. I I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, Zume's mention of particles and molecules and so forth kind of got me spin my mind spinning a little bit. So I apologize if that was a bit of a tangent, but think about education and learning as an opportunity to grow the spirit. Not because our spirits didn't know it before. Perhaps this is all one plus one equals two to our advanced spirits' side. But that curiosity and interest and that quest for answers is part of our spirit and a part that may open just a small part of that veil to be able to to be open to spiritual things. Kind of a unique approach, I think. And with that, thank you again, all of you, so much for listening.
0: Chaz and I thank you for listening to Near Death Experience Podcast. You can reach out to your hosts by using chas, C-H-A-S, at ndepodcast.org, and john, J-O-H-N, at nde You can text or call the show at 970-633-2278. That's 970 nde cast. Calling allows you to record your message in 3-minute increments. If your message runs longer than 3 minutes, just call back and we can splice the segments together. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching NDE Podcast on those sites and join our Facebook NDE Podcast community. Please leave feedback for the show on iTunes or via whatever application you use to listen to us. Doing so will allow our audience to grow and help spread the knowledge about spiritually transformative experiences to more listeners. You can help keep the show financially viable by purchasing Chaz's music, or his book under the store link on the ndepodcast.org website or by going to patreon.com slash ndepodcast where you can make a one-time only donation or become an ongoing supporter. Whether you decide to write or call us or you choose to support the show, either financially or by writing a review or by listening and sharing us with others, we are so humbly thankful for you we can't begin to express how much touching you spiritually means to us Chaz and I thank you for joining us we hope you keep listening and applying the understanding you gain from the show about your existence after this earthly life so you have a better life right now and to love one another this is your host John Messer reminding you that it's all about attitude and gratitude, and our attitude should always be love.